Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I know we're coming in earlier than usual. It's usually 7. It's 4.30. Uh, so thank you for joining me if you're here early. I know the workday hasn't ended for most, but I actually have a practice to get to. I'm going out to see Jamari Deloach, a uh, top target in 2025. who just visited for the barbecue uh, here in Virginia. So going out to see him for a practice. So that's why we moved up the show to 430. So apologies in advance. But make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all free. Your likes help us get in front of other Michigan fans, and we are actually running a special over at the Wolverine.com today. Uh, $1 for one month. It's a fall camp special. It's the first day of fall camp, so make sure to subscribe to the Wolverine.com today. For just $1 for one month, that gets you premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and so much more. Plus, you get to be part of a great message board community. Over on the fort with more than 8,000 unique individual users who so sign up today for just $1 for one month. This is the Q&A show uh, for everybody that is joining. You don't have to hit the super chat button, but if you want to help contribute to our travel budget, you can hit the super chat uh, button. That money goes directly to our travel budget. All right, that should be the housekeeping items. Let's go ahead and get to our first question and it comes from owen mcnaughton and he says was dj pickett at the barbecue so dj pickett did not make it to the barbecue at the big house he was scheduled to be there there was there were a few rumors that he you know might come in on monday which was the day after the barbecue but i do not believe that happened uh it's a little disappointing just because Pickett is arguably the most important target on the defensive side of the ball. And you see his profile here. For those of you that don't know who we're talking about, it is a uh, five-star safety, DJ Pickett out of De- Zephyr Hills, Florida, the number one safety in the country. Now, like I said, the him not coming in for the barbecue and getting time with Chris Ewald and the staff and meeting Charles Woodson is a little disappointing, but you have to keep in mind that Pickett just visited in June. So Michigan is still in a good spot with him. I like where the Wolverines stand there right now. I think it's a little bit more of a Georgia, Michigan, Alabama battle, but the in-state schools are are starting to really ramp it up. Florida hosted him for a visit. Miami hosted him for a visit uh, here right before the dead period. And you see Florida States included in the on three recruiting prediction machine as well. So uh, the in-state school is definitely turning up the heat. Alabama, Georgia will be tough to beat as well. But Michigan's done a really, really good job of getting Pickett on campus twice already on his own dime. Uh, he has a really good relationship with lead recruiter and co-defensive coordinator Steve Klinkscale. He is friends with Chris Ewald, who is already committed uh, in the 2025 recruiting class and is actively pitching him on joining him 
in Ann Arbor. So, yeah, I do like where Michigan stands despite uh, Pickett not making it in for the barbecue over the weekend. Let's go down to Luther Sanders, and he says, rumors of the Twins leaving, fake or real? So we are talking about Jacob and Gerard Smith, Michigan's four-star commits. Uh, Gerard is a defensive lineman. Jacob is an edge, and both guys, you know, have been – well, Gerard committed in April. Jacob committed in July. Um, look, yeah, there there are some rumors about the Twins looking around. I think it is something to monitor and not completely dismiss, uh, especially when you consider that Gerard Smith and Jacob Smith just moved to Kentucky. So they're originally from Kentucky. They went to boarding school in Connecticut the last uh, couple of years. And I think going back to Kentucky could play a factor. They actually visited Kentucky twice in the past week. So again, it's nothing to just kind of brush off or laugh at. I did talk to a source on the Michigan side of things, and he told me he's not super concerned right now but they are watching it. So like I said, it's something worth monitoring. I mean, you don't take two visits to a place you don't have any interest in. So with them going back to Kentucky, I think the Wildcats are going to continue recruiting the Twins extremely hard. They're definitely going to push to flip them. If you remember before Gerard made his commitment, Kentucky was a finalist in that recruitment. Now Jacobs came down more so to Michigan and Nebraska, but he did have interest in Kentucky early on as well. So both Jacob and Gerard are familiar with the Kentucky staff. Like I said, they just visited twice in the past week. So it's something to watch. And honestly, the entire edge board, or not the entire edge board, but the, uh, you know, the majority of the commits, you know, are, are guys that you need to monitor as we head into the fall. You have Jacob Smith who visited Kentucky. You have Elias Rudolph who visited Miami. You have Dominic Nichols, who is still hearing from um, schools like Clemson and Wisconsin. So all three of those guys, you know, aren't necessarily on decommit watch right now. But I do think they are guys that, you know, at least have an eye elsewhere or are listening to other schools at this time. And, you know, here's Elias Rudolph's. Uh, profile right here and like I said he just visited Miami so that's going to be one to continue to uh, watch moving forward Miami obviously has a really strong NIL program and you know he he spent some time even though he's a Cincinnati native he spent some time at Deerfield Beach Florida Um, he's expected to transfer back to Cincinnati this, uh, well, right before we start the football season here in a few weeks, but his time in Florida, uh, his familiarity with Miami from, you know, visiting, uh, twice now this summer, including this past week. I think that's something to watch as well. So we'll see what kind of shakes out with the edge commits. I think the one guy that's completely locked in is Devin Baxter. Let's go down to Mitchell Cotton, and he says, seems like you've hinted at scoops that end up being true but couldn't outright say. How often do you have definitive scoops ahead of the general public and just can't say outright? Um, 
I mean, a lot of the times, obviously, being a recruiting reporter, I have ties to program sources, to the actual recruits and people around them that the general public doesn't really have. So, I mean, I want to say most of the time I have things that I can't tell you straight up. So my job isn't to ruin any kid's decision. My job is to keep you guys informed and to lay things out so you can understand what's going on in Michigan recruiting. So um, I, I would say that I know a lot of the times, but the reason I can't just be like, hey, this kid's committing to this school is because obviously we aren't in the business of ruining kids' decisions. So that's kind of how I handle the, uh, the process is just laying out enough context clues and giving you guys enough information so you all know what's going on with uh, Michigan recruiting. Well, we have a break in the questions and sorry guys, we don't have as much action today with me moving up the show last minute from uh, seven Eastern to um, four thirty Eastern, but uh, you know, hopefully we, we can get some more action. So if you're watching, uh, make sure to ask a question below and account uh, 22 says, Will Fung is funny switching his crystal ball to day of his commitment. It is corny. Yeah, I mean, I've been very vocal about that, especially lately with this cycle. It seems like there's so much of that going on. And, you know, I'm not going to just criticize Steve in particular. I, I really do like Steve. I, I've known him for, you know, 10 years now. But I definitely do not agree with the switching of the crystal balls late. If you're wrong, just be wrong. You should have never put in a pick to begin with. That's why oftentimes I don't put in picks. You hear a couple recently – Jordan Shipp, Bennett Warren, those were two guys that I just wasn't comfortable following the rest of the industry and putting in picks. I know there was confidence on the Michigan side, but based on other intel that I gathered from speaking to other sources away from Michigan, I got the idea that those definitely were not slam dunks, so I never put in picks. I think they should lock predictions, crystal balls, on three predictions, future casts, whatever the case is. Um, I think they should lock those 48 hours before a decision. So, you know, you're not ruining kids' decisions because you look at Bennett Warren and those crystal balls for Tennessee didn't come in until like 24 hours before. The Jordan Ship commitment was ruined with the late crystal balls for North Carolina. And I know, you know, I'm not a Michigan fan, right? You know, I'm just a guy from Texas, but when you look at the other sites that do have Michigan fans that are reporting on the team, they don't care about the kids if they're not going to Michigan. They don't care about Jordan Ship. I personally really like Jordan Ship. I, I wish him the best in North Carolina. I sent him a message after he committed. I, ca I actually care about Jordan Ship. I really enjoyed covering him. I got close to him as a kid. And so I'm not going to ruin his commitment by putting in a prediction for North Carolina and with these other guys that are just Michigan fans, they don't care about the kid. They just care, you know, if you're going to Michigan or not. And so they put in the crystal balls and ruin their commitment because they don't care. They're not going to deal with the kid anymore. And that's sad and it sucks. And that's one of the, probably one of the worst parts of the recruiting industry is we have so many people that are fans masquerading as reporters and they're just ruining decisions because kids aren't going to the schools they like or cover it, you know, that's definitely something that I think is a benefit of me not being a Michigan fan. 
All right, guys, we're going to pause really quick and we're going to bring you a message from one of our sponsors. Um, and that is Homefield. Um, Homefield is one of our new sponsors and they are great. They have a premium brand apparel uh, that's based in, in Indianapolis. Uh, so Midwest ties there. They have a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Uh, they are growing their collection of more than 150 colleges to choose from, including your favorite team, Michigan, uh, home field's dedication to delving into the archives and history of each school is something that makes them very unique, as well as their uh, ability to discover unique, iconic moments uh, and creating them thoughtfully through their designed apparel. I recently received my shipment from home field and could not be more ecstatic since I am not a fan of any team. They just sent me shirts from everybody. So I'm <laughs> rocking out shirts from everybody except Notre Dame. Uh, but anyway, or, or Michigan State too and Ohio State. So I can't rock three shirts, but everybody else I can rock shirts from. Um, I just want you guys to go ahead and go to over to homefieldapparel.com and mention the, and, uh, go over to homefieldapparel.com and they have a wide selection of colleges uh, available. Uh, I know most people here are going to want Michigan gear and they definitely have that. So browse through it. If you have a uh, family or friends that aren't Michigan fans and you want to get them something as a gift. You can see they have a, a ton of other colleges there. But look at all this Michigan swag that you can get. It's stuff you, you know, can't really get at Amden or anything else. So head over to homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first order and use the promo code Wolverine23. All right, guys, let's go back to the questions. It looks like we have more people joining, so shout out to everybody coming in. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to a practice, so I had to move up the time today, and we had ad read obligations, so apologies for this being so early. Let's go ahead and go to uh, our super chat, Seth Floyd. EJ, how are you doing today, man? I just got done watching old Bob Ufer broadcast, and now I'm ready for football. Do you think Scott could flip? So obviously there's two high profile Scots, Aaron Scott and Justin Scott, and both are committed to Ohio State. Uh, so let's just answer the question for both. Uh, look, I, I think it's going to be really tough to flip either, especially Aaron Scott, given, you know, his being from Ohio, being part of an Ohio State family. And then, you know, the way he committed to, I don't think that sat well with those around the Michigan program. If you didn't see the Aaron Scott commitment, he pulled out the Michigan backpack and then pulled an Ohio State jersey out of that. So committed to Ohio State in a little bit of a disrespectful way, I guess. Um, and then Justin Scott committing to Ohio State after, I, I don't want to say trending. He was never really trending to Michigan, but he was quietly leaning towards Michigan for a tiny little bit and uh, ended up committing to Ohio State. So like I said, both guys are going to be tough to pull, but – the good thing is this fall, Ohio State does have a pretty tough schedule. They have a new quarterback. So if they struggle on the field, anything is possible. Right now, I would say it's very, very unlikely that either flip to Michigan. But uh, you never know with Ohio State potentially having some struggles on the field as they get kind of adjusted to some new pieces. Michigan obviously has a, an 
very easy schedule to start things off and should be undefeated by the time the Ohio State game rolls around. So I'm not worried about Michigan having success. And with that success, you know, that could open some eyes from the Scots or potentially players committed elsewhere that aren't the Scots. So we'll see how that uh, goes. Let's go to Luther Sanders. And he says, updates with getting a defensive lineman this cycle. So Michigan's pretty happy with the defensive lineman they have committed in 2024. The only missing piece is a nose. So obviously you lost out on Justin Scott. You lost out on David Polly Polly. And now there's a, a real need for a nose. So the way Michigan approach it, is approaching it is like there aren't a lot of nose options in general. It's hard to really find true noses out there at the high school level. So what I've been told is Michigan is going to evaluate senior film. Usually the first three or four games of senior film are super important to coaching staffs around the country. That's how they identify late risers or circle back to guys they were high on early in the process. So right now, I don't really have any names to offer. I think it's going to be guys that we probably haven't heard of yet that Michigan finds. You know, they have still been recruiting Jericho Johnson, who's an on 300 prospect out in California. Not a lot of movement there, but I think it's going to be more senior film oriented. Um, and count 22, just with a, a comment, he enjoys watching OSU uh, whiff on defensive line commits. I mean, they've been getting guys. They just, uh, you know, I think Michigan obviously has a lot to sell from a development standpoint. Let's go down to uh, Jorge. And he says, if Michigan is able to land Gatlin Bear and then Bryce Underwood in 2025, imagine Bryce with that kind of weapon and speed uh, with his arm. Yeah, no, that would definitely be a super fun duo to watch. And if you, you know, remember, you're not familiar, Gatlin Bear is a 2026 recruit who is set to make his decision this coming weekend. So Michigan has a 70.8% lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. But this is a really, really close battle with Boise State. I posted an update on the Wolverine.com yesterday and said Boise State has made things extremely difficult. He made a multi-day visit there this past week. So, you know, I would actually give Boise State a tiny little advantage here. And this is one where I didn't put in a prediction either. I think this one uh, was always going to come down to this last Boise State visit. So it's a toss-up. I spoke to a source on the Michigan side yesterday, and Michigan has not been informed of any type of decision. So he's not a silent commit either way. It'll be interesting to see what Bear does. But, you know, in a perfect world, if Michigan can get a Bryce Underwood with a Gatlin Bear, I mean, that's uh, has the potential to be one of the most uh, dynamic duos in all of college football. So I, I know it's a dream. We'll see if it actually comes true. Let's go down to uh, Mitchell Cotton. He says, with Ohio State having uh, Tavian St. Clair, Akilah Smith going to Oregon, Stone Saunders looking to be a Kentucky kid. If we miss on Underwood, is Montgomery the most likely 2025 quarterback to join? Feels like McIntyre is staying south. I agree McIntyre is probably staying south. So looking at other quarterback options in 2025, yeah, Ryan Montgomery absolutely makes the most sense. Um, when you look at uh, the amount of times he's visited, the connection he has with Kirk Campbell, I think Ryan Montgomery is right up there on the board. Of course, Michigan's going to wait and see what Bryce does. You know, it, I don't. A lot of people have started to liken the Bryce Underwood situation 
to the Jaden Davis situation, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Look, Bryce Underwood is set to make his decision in January. He has a decision date locked. It's in early January. He doesn't have a vague timeline where he keeps saying, I'm, I'm going to commit in November and then December and then spring. You know, there's no vague timeline. There's an actual date set with Bryce Underwood, and it's early, so you can continue to recruit others, and you have the luxury of waiting for Bryce Underwood's decision. Now, uh, the other thing there is Bryce knows that Michigan's actively recruiting other quarterbacks as well. Uh, with the Jaden Davis situation, Michigan just kind of cut off contact with all these other guys until Kirk Campbell was uh, hired to replace Matt Weiss. Uh, Campbell has done a really good job of creating contingency plans, obviously shooting for the stars there with uh, McIntyre, who's uh, an elite level prospect, but again, likely to stay south. He did go after Akili Smith. Uh, he went after St. Clair as well, but, uh, and he's going after Ryan Montgomery. Um, but yeah, Montgomery's visited a number of times. You see Ohio state is the leader on the on three recruiting prediction machine. He's also been there a ton. His brother is on the roster, but with St. Clair committed, I'm not sure Montgomery wants to be part of a two quarterback class. So that's really opened the door for Michigan. And if the Wolverines do miss on Underwood, I do think he's likely the next guy up. The relationships are strong. The familiarity is there. So they really like uh, Ryan Montgomery. But another quarterback I'll offer up that a lot of people aren't really talking about is on 300 prospect uh, Hussan Longstreet out of California. So he made a visit to Michigan in late May. And I checked today, and Michigan actually has the lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine for whatever that's worth. I mean, the RPM can sometimes be a little inaccurate just because it's AI-based. It's not actual, you know, some guy going in there and typing a percentage. Uh, it is AI-based. So uh, you look at his profile, and Michigan does have – the lead, and I called him an on 300 prospect, which he is on three has him ranked number two, 204 overall, but he's a top 100 prospect according to the industry ranking. Uh, so he did again visit in late May. He also attended Michigan's satellite camp at Wayne State in Detroit, and he had a chance to throw in front of Michigan quarterbacks coach Kirk Campbell. Also, had a chance to just kind of work with him and, and learn a little bit more about his coaching style. So uh, Hussan Longstreet would be another quarterback to definitely keep in mind that's not named Ryan Montgomery. Um, let's go down to account 22, who's uh, livening up the chat. Uh, yeah, no, actually, just to address this real quick, because I get this question all the time, uh, did I grow up a fan of anyone? So I actually, I was born in brownsville texas which is like basically mexico uh it's way down there it's like the southernmost tip of texas so the nearest major college program for me was the university of texas but it was still like six hours away and i never liked texas growing up um so i was never really a fan of anybody like i and i was always an nfl first guy um, I never really got into college football until, you know, I, I grew up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I was never really a major fan of anybody. I mean, again, Texas was uh, still six hours away from where I was born, and I just never never really gravitated towards the Longhorns. Obviously, I ended up covering them, uh, but I was never a fan. And uh, A&M was always just really weird and a 
Oklahoma was far. I mean, I, I kind of liked LSU just because of the swag, but like, and like everybody grows up liking Miami and, you know, just, just because, but yeah, I was never really a fan uh, of anyone. So yeah, didn't really grow up like that. Uh, come on. We all know EJ grew up a secret Notre Dame fan. That is definitely not true. Um, the only thing I can, re I did when I was a kid, I remember um, I did find a Notre Dame football and I was like, this is pretty cool because Joe Montana went there and I'm a 49ers fan. If you want to say uh, that I'm a fan of someone. Um, but then I was like, man, this, this school is kind of lame. So I was never really interested in Notre Dame either. Um, and of course that's another one I ended up covering, uh, just cause of circumstance, but yeah, Michigan was, uh, you know, even though I'm not a Michigan fan, Michigan was always a school I was interested in covering just because it's, you know, the winningest program of all time. Obviously the fan base is huge. Uh, even when I was on the Texas beat, there used to be a thing called land of 10 that went under and, I uh, actually applied for a job to cover Michigan back then, and I didn't end up taking it because the, the situation wasn't right. Obviously, they went under for a reason, but I almost started covering Michigan like a couple years before this. So uh, Michigan's always just been a program I've been interested in. I covered Notre Dame temporarily because that was kind of the situation at play. I was only there for three months, and then as soon as Michigan came open – um the first literally the first day it came open i moved over to michigan i mean that's the one i always wanted to do so uh it's been four years now actually this month will be four years that i've been on the michigan P. it doesn't seem like it's been that long but it definitely has so uh thank you guys for supporting me and uh supporting me through the fight against sam webb who apparently is going to body slam me um but yeah excited to do this for another four years uh let's go down to uh let's see i'm gonna say oh thank you to our producer megan who has brought up the next question what's the number one thing you would change about michigan's recruiting if you could or change to help land the top talent well of course get rid of the hot dogs <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh obviously uh michigan should step up their food game which we talked about yesterday but no, I mean, the number one thing I would I would say is obviously just NIL. Like, Michigan's never really going to be a true pay-for-play school, so it's not going to turn into Miami or, or Oregon or a school like that. But, I, I mean, we've been talking about big NIL news coming soon forever. I, I talked about it on the message board today over at the Wolverine.com, $1, one month. Um, but I said I kind of liken the situation to me telling my wife, I'm going to fix my, I'm going to fix your tail light, which is currently cracked and I'm going to fix it soon. And it's been like two years and I haven't fixed it because it hasn't gone out. Like I, I I'm like, I, I don't want to fix it because it hasn't gone out though. I'm going to continue to tell you I'm going to fix it soon. And I feel like that's the thing with uh, Michigan NIL is we keep getting told it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. And then it never does. Um, and it's just like what has to happen for them to take action and actually make it come into fruition. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But like I said, they're never going to be true pay for play um, like some of these other programs that are winning these huge recruitments based off of that. But the base salary model has been something that we've been talking about even on this YouTube channel for literally more than a year now. And they haven't got that situated. So I think the NIL 
uh, you know, takeover of college football recruiting is something you have to adapt to. And that's something that Michigan hasn't really been able to find a workaround for. Let's go down to um, John A. Schultz. And he says, any thoughts on the report of the Smith twins looking at Kentucky real threat or just recruiting gossip? Uh, so I talked about this earlier in the show. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Smith twins have transferred back to Corbin uh, High School in Kentucky. So they're close by. They visited Kentucky twice in the last week so we are monitoring it it's definitely not something to uh brush off for sure um let's go down to john a schultz and he says any thoughts on kanka committing and where does michigan stand with other in-state 2025 targets like uh, avery gatch and uh, alex Graham? um so yeah starting off with kanka look he's basically your Mike Elliston three technique. I mean, you look at the guys that Michigan has taken in the last two cycles, Brooks Barr, Ted Hammond, that's kind of the mold they see Bobby Kanka in. Uh, he's not rated in the industry ranking right now. He's a three-star on 24-7 and a low four-star on rivals. And I would kind of have him in that same range. And it's exactly the same with Ted Hammond. If you look at Ted Hammond's industry ranking, it continues to fluctuate between high three-star and low four-star. I envision a similar path where Bobby Kanka is six foot four, 263 pounds. I expect him to play closer to 290 at the college level, but yeah, he's, he's not necessarily a really exciting prospect, but he's a guy you're going to be glad to have on the roster a few years from now. And then in terms of other 2025 targets in the state of Michigan, um, you know, Alex Graham is obviously a big one, top 100 recruit, but he recently transferred to IMG Academy, so no longer a real in-state recruit. Um, I'm interested to see how the move from IMG shapes his recruitment. Um, going with guys that are actual in-state recruits, I'm not sure how many more in-state recruits Michigan takes, you know, if we're not including Underwood. I think Avery Gatch would obviously be one. He's a non-300 offensive lineman out of Birmingham Groves. Uh, he was back in the big house for the barbecue this weekend. And you can see he's basically, he's a top 200 player on three of the four recruiting services. ESPN's the only one that has him outside and just outside at 206. Uh, Michigan is the leader on the on three recruiting prediction machine. You have others in the Midwest involved, Michigan State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. But Michigan in a strong spot after hosting him this weekend. And he's been on campus a few other times. Um, the other guy I think that Michigan would take is Elijah Dotson, a three-star athlete out of a Detroit Jesuit. Uh, he was on campus for the barbecue at the big house. He's actually the recruit that tweeted out the infamous hot dog. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but he is a, an interesting athlete. Uh, he is listed as a wide receiver, but Michigan is recruiting him on the defensive side of the ball more as a, corner safety type uh you see his profile here he is ranked in the 400s right now but uh he has good size six foot two 175 a lot of versatility and athleticism but outside of Dotson and Gatch and not including Graham since he's going to IMG um there are more guys that they're just kind of monitoring right now Michigan as a state doesn't support enough guys to you know really go past four or five in the class. So, um, you know, they're monitoring guys like Xavier Newsom out of Detroit King, Willie Fletcher out of Detroit King as well. Both of those guys 
are on the edge board, but uh, that's pretty much it for in-state this year. Outside of Underwood and with Graham leaving, it's not a particularly good class at all. Uh, let's go down to the last few questions. ButterXO says, oh, sorry. Um, ButterXO says, do we know why DJ Pickett did not visit? Does this lower our chances of landing him? Uh, so I talked about this earlier in the show uh, as well. Like Pickett just visited in June, so I'm not too worried about him not making it to the barbecue. I think it was just a travel issue. He went up to Florida and then down to Miami um, and then did not make it to Michigan. But I still think the Wolverines are in a good spot there. Uh, ben Ricketts says, who might be some future targets that Michigan could uh, flip? So, you know, they're going to try to flip big guys like Justin Scott, if they have, um, you know, if they have a strong season and Ohio state struggles, boo Carter, uh, away from Tennessee, I think nitro tuggle from who's committed to Georgia is definitely one to watch Uh new commit. Josiah Edmond is, is his teammate. So that's definitely one Michigan just offered Sire Torrance, uh, out of New York, who's currently committed to Michigan state. So I would say, Torrance and Tuggle are the two big flip targets right now, and they'll continue to play the long game with guys like Carter and Scott. Uh, Mitchell Cotton says not Xavier Newsom. So Xavier Newsom's listed as a tight end, but Michigan's recruiting him as an edge, and they're still kind of waiting and seeing how they're going to approach the edge position in 25. But he's definitely on the radar and obviously was on campus for the barbecue. Ben Ricketts says, with the 24 class filling up so quickly, do you think we will see a run of 25 commits early this year? Yeah, there could be some fall commits. You know, the advantage of having a 24 class fill up so quickly is you can focus on the underclassmen. And the NCAA actually did Michigan a favor by moving up the first contact day, which was yesterday. So Michigan can actually reach out to 2025 recruits. They don't have to set up calls and have the recruit call them. They can just directly do it. So, yeah, I think you could see maybe a couple of commitments in the fall for sure. And last question is Mitchell Cotton again. And he says, what would you say are the top positions nationally for 2025? Feels like wide receiver could be strong. Yeah, you're right. Wide receiver is very strong. And you saw a number of top 100 recruits come in um, this past weekend. You had Quincy Porter on campus, Talon Taylor, uh, Andrew Marsh. All of those guys are, are top 100 guys. And you had you know a few other top 200 guys. Uh, come in as well, C.J. Wiley, Kalik Lockett. So, yeah, wide receiver is super strong, and Michigan's in the mix with several guys in the on 300 nationally. And corner is really strong as well, which uh, will play as an advantage to Michigan after they missed out on their top targets this cycle. I think Michigan has a chance to land some elite talent at the corner position in 2025, and they already have one commit in Chris Ewald, who uh, I absolutely love and is obviously a top one. All right, guys, uh, appreciate the uh, questions and the comments for sure. Sorry again that this was kind of an impromptu show in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, I am going out to a practice, so make sure to like this video and subscribe. Tell others to come join the discussion next week. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. Subscribe to thewolverine.com for $1 for one month. And, like I said, like the video and subscribe.